Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Later, it will be mild with top temperatures of 13 to 17 degrees Celsius. LMFM Sport with John McCabe Nissan Dundalk and Drogheda where our used car sale event is now on choose from over 200 assured used cars with low rate finance available John McCabe Nissan Dundalk and Drogheda your home for assured used cars in the northeast and a check on this morning's sports headlines. Soccer, Liverpool and Man City are the only Premier League teams still standing in this season's Champions League. It follows holders Chelsea's elimination from the competition last night at the hands of Real Madrid. Tonight, Liverpool defend a 3-1 lead at home to Benfica in their quarterfinal, while City are over in Spain where they lead Atletico Madrid 1-0. City captain Fernandinho hopes the scoreline from the first leg means Atletico will have to abandon their usual defensive style. The way they play, they defend so well. They put a lot of men behind the ball, but obviously when they lap, maybe they're going to play a little bit different over there. In any circumstance of the game, you have to be ready to defend, to attack, to keep the ball and try to create some chances. Yes, Fernandinho there, the Man City captain. Rugby Ashbourne team captain Sean McKeown says he doesn't see his role as being a burden. He leads his team out against Kilkenny on Sunday in the final of the Towns Cup. Although it carries a lot of responsibility, Sean sees the captaincy as being more of an honour than a hindrance. Definitely wouldn't call it a burden. It's a pretty cool thing to be able to see, say, you're captain for your club. Like so I played here when I was like under sixes, under eights, you know, and remember the captains back then. So it's a cool thing to be able to do. So I definitely wouldn't say it's a burden, but it definitely does come with a responsibility. Like you need to first of all be performing on the pitch, but like you're you're also acting as a gel amongst all the players and the and all the sort of external factors that they face as well, trying to make sure everyone's playing for each other and everyone's focusing on the mission, I suppose, for lack of a better thing, of trying to win games and trying to win the cups. So it's it's responsibility, but it's enjoyable. Yes, Sean McKeown there, the Ashburn rugby captain. They are your sports headlines. I'll be back with our next update just after twelve noon. <laughs> FM Sport with John McCabe Nissan Dundalk and Drogheda where our used car sale event is now on choose from over 200 assured used cars with low rate finance available John McCabe Nissan Dundalk and Drogheda your home for assured used cars in the northeast. and now for the local bereavement notices the death has occurred of Brendan Rafferty Wolverhampton, England and formerly of Rathcore Cooley suddenly at his home in England. Funeral on Wednesday, May 4th at 12 noon will take place in Saints Mary and John's Church, Wolverhampton with cremation afterwards. The death has occurred of Anne Ward, Niebehan, Julianstown suddenly and tragically. Funeral arrangements later. The death has occurred of Deirdre Delaney, Nee Talon, O'Donnell Park, Clotherhead, 
peacefully at the Louth County Hospital. Funeral Mass this morning at 11 o'clock will be streamed live from St Michael's Church Claharhead on churchmedia.tv. Burial afterwards in St Dennis's Cemetery Claharhead. Family flowers only please. Donations if desired to the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. The death has occurred of Bernard Bernie Gilbride, O'Granny Terrace, Navan, and formerly of Parnell Park, peacefully at Beaumont Hospital, Dublin. Removal from St Joseph's Chapel of Rest, Old Johnstown, Navan, this morning at 10 o'clock to St Mary's Church, Navan, for funeral mass at 10.30, which will be streamed live on navanparish.ie. Burial afterwards in St Mary's Cemetery. The death has occurred of Father Owen Doyle, Columban Fathers, Dalgan Park, Navan and late of Lakeview House, Moylock, County Galway and Korean Mission. Funeral Mass this morning at 11 o'clock will take place in Dalgan Park. Burial afterwards in the community cemetery. The death has occurred of Patrick Paddy Duffy, Fort View, Listoon in Carrickmacross, peacefully at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital, funeral arrangements later. The death has occurred of Claire Dunn, Knee Pepper, Dunlear Road, Grange Bellew, peacefully at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital in her 57th year. Reposing at her residence today from 4pm until 9pm. Removal tomorrow at 10.15am to St Bridget's Church, Dunlear for funeral liturgy at 11am, which will be streamed live on dunlearparish.ie. Burial afterwards in Mostan Cemetery. The death has occurred of Mary McDonough, Nee Carr, Eastham Court, Bettystown and formerly of Georgian Close, Drogheda and South Africa, peacefully at the Beacon Hospital, Dublin, reposing at Townley's Funeral Home Cross Lanes today from 5pm until 7pm. Funeral Mass tomorrow at 11am will be streamed live from St Mary's Church, James Street on stmarysdrogheda.ie. Burial afterwards in Calvary Cemetery. And LMFM extends its sympathy to the families and friends of the deceased. And that's all the news for the moment. We'll have the headlines again at 10 o'clock. But for now, from me, Ruth O'Connell, have a very good morning. If you have missed any of the details contained in today's bereavement notices, you can access them anytime on our website, lmfm.ie. If you have a local story or issue in your community, you can contact LMFM's new centre at news at lmfm.ie. 086-1800-658. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Shutting a car door. Out! Chopping up veg. Out! Even playing your favourite game. Oh, my ankle! Don't make your minor injury a major hassle. Whether it's a sprain, break or minor burn, head to Dundalk Injury Unit. Open seven days, nine to eight for patients five years and over and you'll be in and out in no time. See hse.ie forward slash injury units for more. 
Calling all runners, joggers and walkers. The ever-popular Royal County 5K and 10K event returns to Kells on the Bank Holiday Monday in May. Register before April 19th to make sure you get your fabulous technical t-shirt in time for the event. Register now at meadsports.ie. No registrations will be taken on the day, so dust off your runners and get ready for the return of the Royal County. At Drogheda Car Sales, we're celebrating 10 years in business with a gift for you. Buy any used car between now and April 25th and choose between a year's free road tax or a €200 Euro all-go voucher. For peace of mind, all our cars come fully serviced, validated and with a warranty. We have some unbeatable finance rates and accept all trade-ins and can now offer you more than ever for your current car. So don't miss out on our big 10-year birthday offer and drop into us today on the North Road Drogheda or visit our website drogheadacarsales.ie. Has work become stale? Looking for a new challenge? Find your dream job in your area on your local station, LMFM. Tune into Job Search on 11 to 1, The Drive from 4 and The Zone from 6 each day or click on lmfm.ie forward slash jobs. Your next step starts now with LMFM's Job Search on your station, LMFM and on lmfm.ie forward slash jobs. Call Michael now. 0419832000. The Michael Reed Show. Brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Wednesday morning, the 13th of April. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reid on LMFM. The government meets today. There is a heavy agenda for the cabinet meeting this morning, which includes proposals for bringing down the cost of energy. Let's speak to our political correspondent, Sean Defoe. Good morning to you, Sean. Thanks for joining us. As always, there's a number of mechanisms for achieving this for ministers to sign off on. On a three-week lump sum payment of €99 Euro for fuel allowance recipients, abolishing the CPO and cutting VAT from 13% to 9%. Now, that could save people up to €110 Euro on gas and electricity a month, but it's not going to apply to home heating oil or petrol or diesel, for that matter. Uh, exactly, yeah. So, it, basically, what is going to happen is that the derogation that they got from the EU to allow them a cut on energy that isn't going to cover anything beyond electricity and gas. So the likes of your diesel, the likes of your petrol, the likes of your home heating oil very significantly as well. There won't be a back cut and they're going to stay at their current rates and that, that that's basically because the government didn't get a response from the European Union and didn't think they were going to get that derogation so couldn't go ahead with it where non existing gas has been allowed a little bit of leeway. So it's going to go from thirteen and a half to nine percent, which should save you in around sort of 40 euro a year on your electricity, 60 euro a year on mm. your gas. So if you are paying both, uh, if you are your home, if you buy, buy gas uh, and obviously powered by electricity, you're going to benefit to the tune of about 110 euro. So it is yeah. significant enough if you get it, but there's going to mm. be a lot of people there who won't. Uh, and up to 160 then, if you take into account uh, the public service obligation for that matter. 
Exactly. So this yeah. is another charge that everyone pays. So this is going to affect everybody. The PSO levy is charged. You always hear it at the end in those terms and conditions on the ads whenever you hear uh, mm. different people trying to get you to, to stand up. They're usually one of the ones rushed in at the end with the PSO levy uh, worth around sort of 50, 60 euro uh, depending on the year. And that is going to be taken mm. off as well. But that's going to be a measure that won't kick in until August when the current round of PSO levy gets in, uh, gets through. So mm. that isn't okay. going to be an immediate thing, but it is something people will see on their bills before the end of the year. What about the fuel allowance, this 99 euro three weeks lump sum when can people expect to get that it should be fairly soon so the social protection are hoping that, that can be something that, that gets done pretty quickly hopefully by maybe the first week of may is what they were looking at in terms of support and when that might be able to come in so 99 euro uh, basically a three-week additional payment what the department of social protection has done in the past with student allowance when they needed to do it is they've usually kind of extended the season or tried to extend the season this time they're not going to do that it's just going to be a direct payment and one that should come fairly soon and this is one the government is sort of trumpeting as one of the more targeted measures while you will have a lot of these being sort of broad brush that benefits everyone this is the one they say will go towards those who, who definitely need it the most and a lot of people you hear ESRI and others arguing that that's really where the focus on this should be that you target the households who are most in trouble Okay I take it no matter what the government does uh, they won't be able to do enough to satisfy everybody and opposition calls for a, a mini budget or a full on budget yeah, look, they've been calling for a mini-budget for months now. That's not going to slow down, I don't think, particularly when the doll resumes next week. And I think it's very likely that you will hear the likes of Sinn Féin maybe going at, and on a tack line of, well, why didn't you go further on the bat? It's only going from 135 to 9%. Could you not have reduced it to zero, as Sinn Féin has been calling for for ages, or even to a lower number? And it was something I put, did put to the Taoiseach yesterday at a doorstep that he did. He sort of didn't really address the question as to whether they could, whether they actually, the delegation that they've been given from the EU would allow them to go lower, looking at the text of it, my reading of it, not being a particular expert in European mm. law, but yeah. my reading of it would be they could have gone as low as 5%, so oh, I'm sure that okay. will that will yeah. be will be certainly raised and the Taoiseach said there are complications around us there's obviously mm. complications with the VAT take even though the VAT take is probably going to be up this year simply by dint of the cost of fuel actually having gone up. So that'll be one of the lines of attack. And and the fact that, look, these, these measures will benefit people to a certain degree. That They're obviously not going to fully insulate anyone from the rising cost of inflation, mm. and particularly the rising cost of fuel. So I imagine there'll be a lot of people today who are listening going, well, OK, great, that helps me out a little. It doesn't mm. really help me out a lot. OK, uh, do we know how long it's going to last for us, Sean, uh, and what happens after that? Because the government had been arguing that it couldn't do this uh, because when they had to reverse it, it would go up to 20 3% rather than 13% and will make everything uh, far more expensive. But they've got this derogation, so uh, I take it it won't go back to 23%? No, it's not going to go back to 23%. It will go back to 135 So that was something that the Taoiseach was able to clarify yesterday. We're not going to suddenly be, be dealt with this huge rise mm. um, in a couple of months' time. Probably a six months. We're still waiting to hear the exact time uh, date right. on it, but six months is what they have been talking about for the re- reduction. Okay. Uh, the Taoiseach uh, obviously studying uh, this report from Robert Watt about how Robert Watt handled uh, the secondment of uh, Dr. Tony Houlihan uh, to Trinity College, which uh, of course uh, has been abandoned at this stage. Uh, what do you know about that report, Sean? Uh, we Well, what we know about it is it, it seems that Robert Watt's version of events is going to contradict the Taoiseach's and is going to be quite different, that he effectively has said this was a personnel issue, this was something that didn't need ministerial oversight, and that there are secondments in the civil service 
every year. It ha- it's something that does happen quite a lot and that it is managed by the people in the departments and by the head of the department in the Secretary-General, whereas the Taoiseach was making it very clear at the weekend that this is not a personnel issue in his view, given the, the level of profile, given who's involved in it, and given the amount of money that potentially would be involved, potentially as much as £20 million over 10 years. So that's a, that's a very... Uh, big contradiction to start it off. We still don't have the full content of the report. As you say, the teacher was mm. perusing that yesterday and due to discuss it with other ministers, he did say it will be published and the expectation is it will be published at some point today after the Cabinet has met and we'll get a better idea later of what level of contradiction is going on there. But it is a, like it is sort of a an unprecedented standoff that is starting to emerge between particularly Robert Watt as the, the, most, the highest paid civil servant in the country uh, and the government and government ministers as to who holds the power here and who is actually making these decisions. Yeah, and I, I take it uh, that people are particularly annoyed at how Tony Houlihan ended up in the middle of all of this. Uh, well, yes, and particularly cabinet ministers, because effectively what's happened here is the bungling of the appointment has meant that Tony Houlihan's expertise has been lost to the public service. And I, I don't know what his plans are for his own retirement. I'm sure he'll have plenty of offers from the private sector uh, to go and do various things. He won't be short of people looking for his expertise. But the fact that that has been lost to potentially the, the sort of next generation of health leaders who could have been going through Trinity College is something that ministers and a lot of TDs are particularly annoyed and disappointed about. The teacher yesterday, interestingly, denied that there was any sort of link between his comments last week and Dr. Holden's um, decision not to go ahead with this the comment, the suggestion of it made, particularly in a number of the papers yesterday, that ultimately what made Dr. Holden decide not to go ahead was the Taoiseach coming out last week and pausing it and saying there needs to be a reassessment and basically if he didn't have the backing of the Taoiseach, he wasn't going to do it. And um, Milo Martin said he didn't think that was the case at all and wanted to know where the sources for that particular story had come from. He didn't think he was, you know, the, the thing that did it, if you like. But uh, I think a lot of people in the Department of Health will think, well, look, the leader of the country is suddenly questioning whether you should be taking this job. That will put a pressure on anybody not to take the job. OK, I suppose this raises that age-old question of what is the government or what is the real government? Uh, and many people would have argued for a long time that the real government is uh, the uh, policy decisions that are, are taken by the civil service and uh, that the politicians really are just uh, the face for all of uh, that. And uh, I guess you could put that another way and ask if uh, this is a question of uh, the tail wagging the dog or if the politicians don't realise who the dog is. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, look, it, definitely. And it shows up those, those kind of fault lines. They've been there for time immemorial between the, the permanent civil service who don't move and whether or not they, they bow to the, the whims of the minister who comes in and is going to be gone in another couple of years at the, at the whim of the, the electorate. And it seems particularly within the Department of Health now there is a big question over that. But there's also a question, I think, over Robert Watts' handling of things and, and how he's going to do things going forward. I think a lot of, even those who maybe didn't support his pay rise, uh, the 80 grand pay rise, of course, it would have been all over the news within government, like could somewhat understand it in as they were trying to bring in the best person. And there was a feeling among a lot of people in the political circles that Robert Watt would like him or hate him, and he can be quite a, a brash character, is an incredibly talented civil servant and is really, really good at his job and is good at, at getting through the reforms that the health service probably needs. But he definitely hasn't shown that through his handling of this particular event, and it's led to one of the highest profile, if not the highest profile, staff member of the Department of Health now leading the public service and his expertise going with him. So look, there's huge questions to be asked yeah. about who is in power, whether Stephen Donnelly has a good handle over his department or not, and, and you need to have it with the Department of Health. 
uh, and where that power dynamic is going to go in the future. And, and usually all of this plays out behind the scenes. We sort of get snippets. It's now paying out very much in public. Now, no doubt uh, these issues are, are going to be discussed by Cabinet when uh, the government ministers meet uh, today, Sean. Uh, they also have uh, this uh, impossible conversation about how to house people when there is no accommodation. Yeah, uh, it's a really, really difficult one. There is suggestion that we are approaching sort of the capacity of where we are at the minute more than 22,000 uh, Ukrainian refugees coming into the country or having come into the country already and that the, the hotel and B&B accommodation is certainly kind of pushed to the hilt. The government, not as many people came forward to the pledge system as maybe they thought and they reckon only about 40 to 50% of those will actually be usable once they've been screened and, and put through the, the process that you absolutely have to go through to make sure people are being housed in safe homes. So we're expecting an update today on how that is going, they were expecting 30,000 by uh, refugees to arrive by Easter, so it looks as though we will be slightly below that, maybe maybe 25,000 by the weekend, sort of hard to tell on a, on a week-to-week mm. basis and how that's going to go. There's obviously been camps set up, the Vice of Gorman's Town Army Camp in, in Mead, where there's tent accommodation available, Mill Street in Cork as well, there's 400 camp beds there. So there, there are these sort of backup emergency places, but I think if the war keeps on going, and certainly the indications that we would have had even two weeks ago that maybe there might be a peace deal seemed to be well off the table it's just going to get worse and worse so there's likely to be again a call out for uh, something around holiday homes around vacant mm-hmm. around vacant houses as well to see what can be done there and the Department of Housing is working on a week by week basis uh, very importantly I think Minister Darrow O'Brien said yesterday that there is not going to be a cap he does not foresee any mm-hmm. sort of a cap on the amount of Ukrainian refugees we're going to take in and we are going to do our part however bad this war gets so that that is very noble very mm. commendable but we do also have to uh, make sure there is a place to house them and they don't end up in a situation like direct provision like we've had a lot of refugees who come to the country end up stuck in for years so mm. it's a very very tricky one there are no easy answers but there, there should be some update at least today yeah and people may end up being paid to take in refugees i take it as well sean that's very much on the table now. Uh, again, the Tishka asked about that yesterday and no final detail has been coming. There hasn't been sort of a plan for, for how that is going to work. Is it going to be for everybody? Is it going to be a case that you, you wait until the pledges are gone to implement it? So there is still an awful lot of questions about that and how it will actually come in. But it's certainly on the card, something that could happen. OK, Sean, thank you very much indeed. Anytime, Michael. Thanks thank you. Later. Our political correspondent, Sean Defoe. Michael at lmfm.ie The Michael Reed Show with AirGrid, managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones. This is your guide to smart glasses. Smart glasses often look like regular glasses, and some of them have built-in cameras. Even if you don't wear smart glasses, it's helpful to know what it looks like when someone who is wearing them is taking a photo or video. One way someone can activate their camera is by tapping the capture button on the frame. Another way is by using a voice command, like... Take a photo. So now you know a bit more about smart glasses. A message from Meta and SLR Luxottica. The fences, the finishes, the electricity in the air, the unbeatable feeling of finding a winner. It's not for the faint-hearted. The Boyle Sports Irish Grand National is where legends are made, heroes are born. It's about being there to see it happen. Watching history being made before your very eyes. Catch it all, including the 150th year running of the Boyle Sports Irish Grand National at the Fairy House Easter Festival, Saturday, April 16th to Monday 18th. Fairyhouse.ie for tickets and more information. Interested in investing but don't know where to begin? 
A great place to start is Bank of Ireland's new webinar series, Invested. You can learn about investing with live webinars, guides and insights from industry experts. We know you've worked hard for your money and with our expert support, it can work harder for you. So don't rest it, invest it. Visit bankofireland.com invested. Bank of Ireland, begin. Terms and conditions apply. Bank of Ireland is a tied agent of New Ireland Assurance Company PLC trading as Bank of Ireland Life for Life Assurance and Pensions Business. Members of Bank of Ireland Group. Bank of Ireland Trading as Bank of Ireland Insurance and Investments is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. The Late Lunch with Jerry Kelly on your station, LMFM. Well, my mother uh, worked full time when we were growing up and nothing drove her more insane than coming home to a house full of children and teenagers who hadn't done their jobs because they'd been watching telly the whole time. Uh, now, I always wonder what we were watching because we weren't allowed to have foreign channels and we only had RTE. But anyway, this drove her mad. So she began, she'd take away the aerial off the telly, but we'd just stick a wire hanging <laughs> on the back and uh, watch it that way. Then she cut the plug off the telly. <laughs> And we put the wires straight into the socket. <laughs> then she locked the telly in the press, but we got the key, a uh, spare key, and took it out. So finally, one day, I'll never forget it, she lugged this massive telly out, put it in the boot of the car and drove off. <laughs> the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new Arcana, Clio, Capture and all-electric Zoe. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. 086-1800-658 The Michael Reed Show brought to you by AirGrid managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it Now the government has launched its plan to grow international trade and it's called Values for Ireland, Values for the World. Let's hear a little bit more about uh, these values. Robert Troy is Minister of State at uh, the Department of Enterprise Trade and Employment and joins us now. Good morning Minister and thank you indeed for joining us on the programme. This is a plan that runs up to 2026 but there's seven priority actions. Maybe you'd tell us a, a little bit about what's in Visaged in this. Uh, good morning, Michael. Yes, this is a plan that we launched yesterday, uh, and trade is of fundamental importance to a small open economy like Ireland. Uh, people may not be aware, but 50% of all our jobs, over 50%, 1.3 million people on the island of Ireland, are totally dependent uh, on international trade for their employment. And obviously, the revenue that that generates um, is essential in terms of the provision and our ability to be able to invest in the necessary infrastructure and the critical services that every country needs. So what this document is about, it's about setting out a roadmap in terms of how we're going to maintain and increase our trade with international partners. It aligns with two other strategies was published in the last 12 months, one by the IDA, who we all know our state agency who's charged with the responsibility of attracting foreign direct investment uh, into Ireland and secondary, secondly uh, Enterprise Ireland who are another state agency who have the responsibility of supporting Irish indigenous companies uh, who want to trade uh, internationally. It sets out as you said a number of priorities um, obviously reaping the benefits of mm. uh, the EU single market. Our membership of the EU has been hugely beneficial to us as a country over the last uh, number of decades and we want to continue to work on that. Uh, Promoting a trade mission week, that's where um, the government will lead 
a trade mission once a year bringing together uh, all key ministers, all key agencies such as Enterprise Ireland, the IDA, Tourism Ireland, uh, Board Falsche, um, uh, Board Bia, uh, out to a new emerging market, a market of scale where we can have a real impact uh, and make a difference. Indeed, the Taoiseach was uh, comparing that to when uh, former Taoiseach Ganda Kenny led a mission to China. Yes, and I, I think it, it actually st- stems back to um, Bertie Hearn uh, started this uh, when he was in, in office. And I think one of the first big missions of scale that he led was actually out to China as well, mm. um, back over 15, 16 years ago. Uh, hugely beneficial, particularly when you're a small country like Ireland, going to a market like China or going to a market like India or any huge market of scale. Um, you need that critical mass of people going over uh, to, to have an impact. And, that, and that's something that we want to return to uh, from 2023. And that's something that's committed here. We also want to look at our local market teams that are on the ground internationally. At the moment, Enterprise Ireland are located in 48 regions uh, throughout the world, uh, IDA in something similar. Uh, We want to ensure that we have the right people in the right locations because as somebody who has been participating in trade missions over the last 12 months, I can see the huge difference that it has to have people on the ground uh, working with companies from an IDA perspective to attract in uh, and from an Enterprise Ireland Mm. perspective working with Irish companies uh, to break into a new market. So this strategy commits to ensuring that we look at our presence there to ensure that we have the right people in the right locations uh, and working together. I went to India as part of the St. Patrick's Day uh, travel and we opened a new Ireland house in Mumbai. Uh, Mumbai is probably the second largest city in, in India Uh, and it is the commercial capital. And Ireland House brings together the IDA, Enterprise Ireland, uh, and our diplomatic uh, team in the one location, working collaboratively in terms of how best to serve Irish interests. And that's a good model, and that's something we'd like to see rolled out in in more locations. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Minister. All this, of course, in the context of the pandemic or what was the pandemic and the problems that that caused for the world and the problems that the world is dealing with now because of the war in Ukraine. Yeah, and look, at supply chain issues have been highlighted uh, because initially of, of of the pandemic and now obviously because of um, because of the unjustified war uh, in Ukraine. Uh, but I suppose that reinforces the ability to have a strong trading relationships with many markets that you are able to diversify and switch suppliers. Uh, and the only way you can do that if you are uh, open to international trade and I think uh, we have been very well served uh, by our trading policy. Right, uh, but the world has turned on its head and undoubtedly this will complicate things. Uh, I'm sure selling Ireland overseas is a relatively easy sell given uh, the good reputation that the country has, uh, but there is an awful lot of uncertainty too, obviously. There is, yes, but I think last year, um, which was a difficult year in terms of coming out of COVID-19, there was over uh, 240 new uh, IDA investments announced in Ireland. Of that, I think 106 were new new named companies. That's companies coming investing in Ireland for the very first time. I think that was a very strong indication uh, of 
how we are viewed internationally as a good place to to locate and the reason why people view Ireland so strongly internationally is because we are Mm. uh, pro-enterprise in our policy we have a highly educated uh, highly uh, committed flexible uh, workforce obviously our membership of the EU and all that derives uh, from that Um, so while there are challenges uh, I think we are stepping up to those challenges and continue to be uh, winning uh, very good uh, foreign direct investment. That competitiveness that you talk about is sometimes described uh, as Ireland being a a tax haven and uh, those tax advantages uh, that Ireland has traditionally given to companies could change uh, because of global developments. Yeah, we're well aware of terms of the OECD and the international negotiations that are going on in relation to um, a global corporation tax rate. Uh, obviously, that's something that Ireland uh, fed into and was part of the negotiations and helped secure that the rate would be maintained at 15%, not a minimum of 15%, and that's something that will give companies certainty going forward into the future. But obviously, negotiations still are ongoing in terms of, from a, an American perspective, George, through the House of, of, of Representatives and, and the Senate there. So that remains to be seen whether they will back it. But for the moment, we're at 12.5%. Um, it will raise to 15% if the OECD recommendations are um, are accepted. Mm. Uh, that 15% will be for companies who have a global uh, annual turnover of $750 million. Uh, and anybody below that turnover uh, will continue to retain the 12.5% corporation tax. But tax is one element. But believe me, Michael, as somebody who has been engaging with uh, decision makers uh, at uh, companies who are looking to make uh, investments uh, in Ireland, it is only one part of a suite of measures that they've been looking at. They do value the fact that we have a highly educated workforce, that we have uh, pro-enterprise policies, our membership of the EU, the fact that we're um, English-speaking. And I... And, and this was reiterated to me again only as recently uh, as a number of weeks ago when I was part of the trip to India and I met mm. companies uh, from uh, New Delhi and Mumbai. Both are looking to to locate in Ireland and these are the reasons why they want to locate in Ireland. Okay, Minister, we'll leave there for the moment. Thank you indeed uh, for joining us on uh, the programme. Minister of State at uh, the Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment, Robert Troy. Call Michael now, 0419832000. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Join critic Niall O'Brien every Friday on 11 to 1 for Real Reviews as he gives you the lowdown on all the latest movie releases hitting cinemas and streaming services. With thanks to Omniplex. Experience the biggest and best of blockbuster movies at Omniplex Strata, Omniplex Dundalk and Omniplex Balbriggan. From Uncharted to Sing 2, there's something for everyone to enjoy this month at your local Omniplex. Book your next cinema trip now at omniplex.ie. And I'll tell you something else. You lot don't even belong here. Ireland is just for the eye. Change is at your fingertips. Help us tackle racism by reporting any incident you witness. Either on the iReport app or at iReport.ie. So me, mama, like the, the last.
last few tickets remaining for the Nathan Carter Show in the Knightsbrook Hotel Trim on Friday, April 16th. Nathan Carter, the Knightsbrook, Friday, April 16th. Tickets at hotel and ticketmaster.ie. At the family-run Lakelands Crematorium, we work with you to create the farewell that you would wish for a loved one, making your time with us as peaceful and respectful as possible. Lakelands Crematorium, Dublin Road Cavan, is easily accessible from Meath, Louth and Northern Ireland and is available seven days a week to families and funeral directors. Find us at lakelandscrematorium.ie The Glenside Hotel Drahada are delighted to be back serving their famous carvery lunch. Delicious roast dinners available Monday to Friday from 12.30 to 3pm and all day Sunday until 7pm. The Glenside is the perfect spot for midweek roast or a hearty Sunday carvery. A delicious range of dishes for adults and children await you at the Glenside. It can be tough to get good staff lately, so let us do the hard work. If you want the best chance at hiring the right person, then look no further. At LMFM, we have specially tailored job vacancy packages starting from €150 Euro per week plus VAT. And as LMFM is the Northeast's biggest media organisation, attracting 66,000 listeners every day and over 150,000 page views on our website, every week you can rest assured that your advertisement will be seen by the biggest audience by far in the Northeast. For more info, email sales at lmfm.ie or visit lmfm.ie forward slash jobs Michael at lmfm.ie The Michael Reed Show with Airgrid managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones uh, Thanks to John in Trim. Thanks for your call John. He says so many people in the country rely on oil to heat homes and it's not right that uh, there won't be a reduction on home heating oil. The price has gone through the roof How are people going to be able to afford it with more carbon taxes on the way? Thanks uh, John adding nearly 20 euro onto a full tank of oil for that matter. Shame and Doc says you have to commend the government at least they're listening and introducing some measures to tackle the cost of living but they need to do something to bring down the cost of home heating oil too and petrol and diesel he says thanks uh, Seamus for that he also went on, went on to say it's not fair that only those on fuel allowance are going to get more money. What about the rest of us who aren't on big incomes? We are feeling the pinch big time. Thank you indeed for your call to the programme. I am very pleased to be here today for this important announcement of a series of actions our countries and organisations are undertaking jointly to counter the Kinahan Transnational Criminal Organisation also known as the KTCO. The KTCO has been accused of a wide range of heinous crimes all around the world, including murder and trafficking in firearms and narcotics. Countering transnational organized crime is an urgent priority for President Biden and the U.S. government. Transnational organized crime is a multi-billion dollar business that transcends geographical boundaries and threatens global stability and democracies. Every year, millions of lives are affected by transnational organizations, including through drugs, violence, firearm deaths, and human trafficking and smuggling. And so today, the United States Department of State is pleased to announce a reward 
of up to $5 million for information leading to the financial disruption of the KTCO or the arrest and convictions of its leaders, Christopher Vincent Kinahan, Daniel Joseph Kinahan, and Christopher Kinahan Jr. Really was a, a remarkable press conference uh, yesterday and uh, the Gardaí came together with international police forces from America, the UK, Europol for that matter, the American ambassador to Ireland, Claire Cronin there, and you heard the ambassador mention Joe Biden uh, because uh, this reward comes as a result of a presidential order. Uh, obviously, the Gardaí had much to say about the Kinahans too. It should also be said that this is only the first phase of this initiative. Other law enforcement agencies in Northern Ireland, Spain, the Netherlands and Australia have already greatly assisted us in our, in, in our work in tackling the Kinahan crime gang and will undoubtedly participate in the next phases as they unfold. And while most of the Kinahan leadership is now behind bars, it is, tr- it is true that some of the apex of the organisation is located in jurisdictions without extradition treaties to this country. To them, I'd say you can run, but you can't hide from justice forever. And from today, they will be running low on money, friends and influence. And the reason for that is uh, the sanctions and uh, the reward. Uh, Here's uh, Gregory Gdansk from the US Treasury. Financial sanctions have been in the news quite a bit lately. And for good reason. The United States sanctions are presidential authorities that are delegated to the Treasury Department and are among the most powerful and strategic tools used to protect national and international security. They are reserved for the enemies and adversaries that pose an extraordinary threat to the foreign policy, national security, and economy of the United States and to those of our partners and allies around the world. The U.S. Department of the Treasury believes in the warranted, strategic, and judicious use of sanctions. Warranted that there, that there is an ongoing threat or an imminent crisis that warrants this powerful tool. Strategic, that sanctions have a clear and intended and, and achievable goal. Judicious, that they are to protect the integrity of sanctions, that they are to prevent the harm to innocence, and that sanctions are reversed. And uh, the Kinahans now rank amongst the most infamous and notorious gangs in the world. So as of today, the Kinahan Transnational Criminal Organization joins the ranks of Italy's Camorra, Mexico's Los Zetas, Japan's Yakuza, and Russia's Thieves-in-Law. The Assistant Guard Commissioner John O'Driscoll spoke about uh, the relationship, if you like, between uh, the Gardaí and the Kinahans over many years. It now falls on me to say a few words in relation to operational activity engaged in by the Gardaí Khanna in relation to the Kinan Organised Crime Group, which has its origins in south inner city of Dublin. And from street dealing in uh, south Dublin uh, to life overseas in Spain and uh, the United Arab Emirates. Since leaving Ireland, uh, it is believed they have expanded to the extent that the OCG operates at a global level and has accumulated wealth that may well exceed one billion. And that's a lot of money. Six years ago, things changed, though, with a murder that took place in the Regency Hotel. The reaction of the Kinahan Organised Crime Group to the murder of a person associated with the group in a hotel in Dublin in February 2016 represented 
a defining time from the perspective of how the Garda Síochána would tackle criminality associated with the organised crime group. The extent to which uh, the OCG had developed from being a group of criminals located and engaged in crime in Dublin to being a transnational organised crime group possessed of significant wealth and the power that is derived from that wealth became evident. This power was exercised through a campaign of murder in Ireland and elsewhere. And there is no doubt these are serious criminals. If there is any doubt, take a listen to what happened in 2017 when Gardaí raided a warehouse in Dublin. And found 17 firearms, including pistols, revolvers, a submachine gun and an AK-47-style assault rifle. A number of the handguns were primed, armed and ready for use. The search also located silencers, tracking devices and more than 4,000 rounds of ammunition with additional ammunition found in a secret compartment in a van parked nearby. Uh, Those arrested, charged and convicted uh, received sentences of up to 10 years. Uh, While sentencing those convicted, Mr Justice Hunt said that the weapons represented enormous potential for death and destruction and that it was a lethal arsenal stored for the purpose of organised and very very, very serious organised crime. And while the Kinahan gang may be behind an untold number of murders, Gardaí say it could have been worse. On a total of 46 occasions, the Gardaí intervened in threat to life incidents believed organised by the Kinahan organised crime group, preventing almost certain murder in many cases. Intended uh, hit teams were identified placed under surveillance and apprehended in circumstances where intention to murder could be proved to the satisfaction of the criminal courts. A total of 22 persons have been convicted arising from intervention in these threat to life incidents. Two attempts to murder one particular intended victim were identified and resulted in the conviction of seven people. Nine people received sentences of 12 years or more, with one person sentenced to a term of 20 years. A, a terrorist 99mm pistol was seized in the course of an intervention relating to a particular attempt to murder, while firearms including a Marikov pistol, Beretta handgun and a Smith & Wesson revolver were seized in the course of another such intervention. A total of 13 uh, people were convicted arising from uh, particular firearms-related offences. Okay, tit-for-tat retaliations resulted in more killings. Unfortunately, a number of murders believed linked to the Kinahan organised crime group occurred in the three years immediately following the incident at uh, the Regency Hotel. Then an innocent man was killed in Spain and Trevor O'Neill was killed in a case of what was believed to be uh, the wrong identity. One particular murder associated with the Kinnan organised crime group occurred in Spain in 2015. The murder was investigated by law enforcement authorities in Spain who were provided with significant assistance by the Garda Chicana. The Spanish investigation resulted in the arresting and charging of a person who was subsequently convicted of murder and sentenced to 20 years while he received an additional two years for illegal weapons possession. Seems to be many strands uh, to the Kinahan business, but at the root of it all is the drugs trade. 
controlled drugs with an estimated street value of almost 20 million linked to the Kinahan Organised Crime Group have been seized in the course of investigations undertaken by the Garda Shikana through the Garda National Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau, in many cases in conjunction with our revenues, uh, Revenue com uh, Commissioner's Customs Service. The investigations have given rise to the charging of a total of 17 people who were subsequently convicted in, resp in respect of drug-related offences. Right, that's a, a lot of drugs seized by the Gardaí, a lot of money seized too. Targeting wealth amassed by the Kenahan Organised Crime Group has resulted in seizures of numerous quantities of cash by the Garden National Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau, totalling 7.5 million. Associated investigations have resulted in the conviction of 17 people arising from money laundering related criminal charges. The Criminal Assets Bureau is another important element of the armory of the Irish state in tackling criminal activity, in particular serious and organised criminal activity. The CAB seeks to deny and deprive criminals of assets acquired through criminal conduct. Right, that's the Assistant Commissioner John O'Driscoll and we'll hear more uh, about uh, this ongoing story, this ongoing investigation and this ongoing manhunt if uh, you like a little bit later on. Thanks uh, to Tony in County Louth uh, who has been texting us and he says based on your opening interview this morning and those featured on primetime last night is it really a wise policy to ignore the fact that we do not have a decent place with some dignity to offer to these people, the Ukrainian refugees that is and simply let them come here and find this out for themselves and the policy of turning out all of the boxing clubs etc from centres for the foreseeable future is only going to turn people against the whole concept of refugees and these people arriving which is what happened in the past and finally you would have to ask why this monumental effort never made to house was never made to house our own citizens and by the way you who are so critical of the efforts being made by county councils etc and always advocating for migrants and refugees fail to answer the question I put to you last Friday as to how many you have taken into your own home you might answer this now says Tony in County Louth I might Tony in County Louth and I might not uh, but uh, it is a monumental challenge and uh, there's no doubt about that Tony it's one that we all face into and I hope that we'll all do it with the best will in the world and thank you very much indeed for your text as always to the programme 086 1800 658 The Michael Reed Show brought to you by Airgrid managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it the beloved family pet is just like any other member of the family. And if you want to make sure that your family pet is in the best of shape, then tune in to Vets and Their Pets on the 11 to 1 show with Sinead Brassel every Thursday at 12.15 in association with Highfield Veterinary, Unit 2, Beachmount Home Park, Navin. Catering for all your pet and farm animal needs. For more information on Highfield Veterinary or to make an appointment with one of our vets, call us on 046 90 or visit Highfield field.ie. Do you sell your products online? Having a trusted parcel delivery partner is essential to building a successful online business. If it's ordered today, we can deliver it tomorrow. EasyDell, your parcels delivered six days a week. Visit easydell.ie and see how we can save you time and money on your parcel delivery.
It's dining sets sale time at Wogan Interiors for the month of April. Huge savings on stylish dining sets, dining tables and chairs. Call in to see our fantastic range at Wogan Interiors, Shop Street, Drada, Free Parking on Dyer Street. The fences, the finishes, the electricity in the air. Join LMFM Live from Fairy House Races as they celebrate their 150th year running of the Boyle Sports Irish Grand National at the Fairy House Easter Festival Saturday, April 16th to Monday, April 18th. Join LMFM on April 16th for that unbeatable feeling of finding a winner. The Boyle Sports Irish Grand National is where legends are made and heroes are born. So come along and join LMFM and watch history being made before your very eyes at Fairyhouse 150th Easter Festival this weekend. See fairyhouse.ie for tickets and more information. L-M-F-M. LMFM with Harry Curry. Spring is here. Put a spring in your step and fresh new looks in your home. In store or online at harrygurry.com. Harry Curry, see what's in store. It's LMFM Radio Bingo in association with the National Council for the Blind of Ireland. It's week 15, it's day 3, it's Wednesday 13th of April 2022 and your colour today is blue. Eyes down for today's numbers. 8 and 7, 87. 2 and 1, 21. 7 and 2, 72. 8 and 6, 86. 4 and 5, 45 1 and 8 18 On its own the number 9 5 and 9 59 All the 3s 33 And 4 and 6 46 Today's lucky bingo number is DR15 That's DR15 it's jackpot day and that means you could be in with a chance of winning our jackpot which is 6,200 euro. Your jackpot number for today is 21. If 21 is the 4th to 10th number drawn then that massive jackpot is in play. If you fill the full panel ring 041 Well done to Mary White from Woodtown Drum Conrad in County Mead. She was a lucky bingo number winner from yesterday and she bought her book in John O'Brien's Spa Shop in RD. She also qualifies to go into the draw for the two-night bed and breakfast stay in the five-star Western Hotel College Green in Dublin. Congratulations, Mary, and enjoy that. For more details on where you can purchase your book or to order online, check out lmfm.ie. Ross Chandler, Monica, Phoebe, Joey and Rachel They haven't gone anywhere They are singing and dancing their way back Into our hearts in Friends The musical parody This is the first UK and Irish tour Of the hilarious off-Broadway and Las Vegas hit And it's coming to the TLT in May I meet actor Jonathan Walker Who's playing Gunther do you have a stressed out leaving or junior cert student at home? Well, B Flanagan can help. She's a motivational speaker and wellness coach and she's launched a podcast aimed especially at exam students. Plus, Harry Potter fans, I have a surprise for you. I'll be giving away Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore merchandise on today's show. All this plus some great music on the way from 11. 11 to 1 with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt. Visit our showrooms or check out our new website, gilmores.ie to see the amazing 
including 221 range of Mercedes-Benz cars or our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court, the best in motoring here for you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. It's almost 10 o'clock on LMFM. At Dominic Smith Expert Electrical Navin and Bosch saves time, money and effort. And that's why they've been awarded the Which Award for Large Kitchen Appliance Brand of the Year for 2021. See the full range at Dominic Smith Expert Electrical Navin or online dominicsmithelectrical.ie. On air. Online. On your smartphone. On your smart speaker. This is LMFM News. The headlines, a man in his 20s has been arrested on suspicion of a murder after the body of a middle-aged man was found at an apartment in Sligo Town last night. Meanwhile, Gardy investigating the murder of another man in Sligo, that's Aidan Moffat, on Monday night are examining if he may have met his killer online. A man in his 60s has been arrested on suspicion of arson following the death of an elderly woman in a house fire in County Donegal yesterday. The American president has described Russia's treatment of the Ukrainian people as genocide. It's the first time the president has used that term since the invasion. A 29-year-old man arrested in Newry yesterday following an Interpol operation is due to appear in court charged with rape and sex activity with a child between the age of 13 and 16. Uh, new Women's Sheds group is being launched in Navan tonight with the aim of reconnecting women in the community following the pandemic and the parade is to take place in Dundalk this afternoon to mark the centenary of the departure of the last units of the British Army from the town's military barracks and its takeover by the 4th Northern Division. The story is making the headlines on LMS FM, a full bulletin at 11am. COVID-19 can still cause serious illness, especially in people at higher risk. We need to keep protecting each other. So stay home if you have symptoms. Wear a mask in healthcare settings, public transport and busy places. Let fresh air in if you're meeting indoors. Keep hands clean and get a COVID-19 vaccine and booster. Let's keep looking out for each other. From the HSE, for us all. Your weather, weather. on LMFM. With Dunery Blinds, Beachmount Home Park Navin. The experts in made-to-measure quality blinds, plantation shutters and curtains with free measuring and fitting. All areas covered. 046-909-2800 or dunaryblinds.ie. Now, it could stay misty in some coastal parts uh, for the day, but otherwise sunny spells uh, this morning and mainly drying through the day, although there's uh, a chance of uh, some scattered showers. They'll become more isolated as the day goes on. It's to be mild today in a southwesterly breeze with highest temperatures of between 13 and 17 degrees Celsius. Call Michael now. 041-983-2000. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by AirGrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. 
Now let's uh, stay with uh, that story about uh, the Kinnahans, uh, the sanctions and indeed uh, the bounty on uh, their heads uh, and Stephen Breen, crime editor of The Irish Sun is on the line. A very good morning to you Stephen and thank you indeed for joining good us morning. on uh, the programme uh, this morning. We've seven people named here by police authorities uh, around the world uh, and by all accounts uh, they've done an awful lot of bad things. Where's the presumption of innocence in all of this? Well, look, this has been an ongoing investigation into the uh, activities of the Kinahan Organised Crime Group. This this evidence, uh, this intelligence and material that was gathered and was announced yesterday, Michael, isn't just something that's happened overnight. You know, this is something that's been going on for o- over 20 years. You know, my colleague Owen Conlon and I wrote about uh, the Kinahan cartel in our book that came out in 2017, you know, uh, the basis of that book was to show the rise of uh, individuals, namely the three Kennehans, Christy Kennehan Sr. and his two sons, and their involvement in, in organised crime. So it, it's, it's not something that's come overnight, but um, Daniel Kennehan has already been named in the High Court in Dublin as the controller and manager of the Kennehan Organised Crime Group. His father has uh, convictions uh, for heroin dealing, money laundering, and his son has also been named by Spanish police as the Organizer of the gang's money laundering activities, so there, there are serious, you know, accusations that have been leveled against them. It, it's not just something that, that happens. It's, it's mm. well, up and over I think people would be familiar time. with uh, the uh, gang to some extent uh, and to various extents, uh, and would know that they are serious criminals. But uh, I just wonder about the presumption of innocence, which is a basic principle of law in this country, anyway, isn't it? Uh, and that you have to be presumed innocent until you're proven guilty. And if it would be possible to secure a prosecution against people, mm. given the way this has been handled. Yeah, well, look, the, 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 the development yesterday, which, which was stunning, it's mm, mm, I've never mm. seen before, it, yeah. it showed, but this time, it's a, a multi-jurisdictional investigation involving law enforcement agencies across Europe and indeed in America. But like, the details are yesterday that um, the American government, the US Treasury Department, has now uh, offered a $5 million reward for information leading to the arrest of these individuals and also information that leads to the financial disruption of their businesses. And, and obviously three companies were also identified as having links to uh, the seven individuals who were named uh, on the, the press conference. So it, it just shows you that you know, there are um, uh, uh, implications there for you know, law enforcement and that they're, they're trying to dismantle and disrupt this kind of activities. But I think uh, Drew Harris, the Garda Commissioner, spoke about this being the first phase of the ongoing investigation. So, but that's fine, putting out a reward and also European arrest warrant was issued for another individual, so there is, there must be um, enough charges there to bring them before the courts, but this is about the first phase, you know, of a strategy, which it's ultimately to bring these people before the courts, but for the guards to do that or for their partners to do that, they need evidence relating to a specific uh, a specific offence. So that's the next stage of the investigation, and I think this is just the first Part of the strategy is is to uh, put out information, looking looking for anyone to come forward that can help build the process of putting evidence together. How do they go from a South Dublin street dealing gang uh, to this transnational global empire that's worth a billion euro? I think that the only reason they went from the, the streets of South Inner City, Dublin, to this global empire to being at the top table of narco-terrorism across the globe is because of one man, and that man is Christy Kinahan Sr. You know, Christy Kinahan Sr. was a very intelligent man, 
when he left Ireland after being uh, convicted of, of possession of heroin, he served a six-year sentence. He immediately went to southern Spain. That's where he cultivated his contacts in the world of organized crime. You know, individuals from the Moroccan mafia, from Holland, from Italy, and then also from South America as well. So he, he built up this huge network of contacts. He, he built up this huge business model, which engaged in drugs trafficking and also arms dealing, but also murder uh, as well. So to protect his business interests, you know, he had to uh, use violence and he surrounded himself by people who he trusted. He was a very intelligent man. And also when they were organizing the drug shipments through transport companies, through logistics, and they also needed places to launder their cash. And that's where he, like he for him, he, he, he always spoke about, uh, you know, investing his cash and, like, you know, businessmen were looking at him and he was talking about investing cash and the importation of chicken feet from China, cement, uh, business properties in Brazil and in, in Cyprus. So it was all about laundering cash that he made from the business and it just grew from there. And with because of the resources at his disposal, his, the, the, the power of the guy also grew too because they were at the top table because of their connections. Mm. Uh, am I right in thinking that whilst uh, they were responsible for the distribution of the hardest of drugs, heroin and mm-hmm. cocaine to young people uh, and otherwise uh, in all corners of the world. They wouldn't have been drug users themselves, a stereotypical sort of uh, drug barons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a common misperception that Christy Kinahan was a drug addict. He, he, he wasn't a drug addict, you know, he, he didn't take drugs. Obviously, they made a lot of cash from their business interests and the narcotics trade, but Kinahan, what they used their money was, was, was for lavish lifestyles, you know, the, the fine dining, the designer clothes, the, the holidays, the property empire. So you know, they were, were clever. And people, I think, to the Kinahan leadership and the, the press conference yesterday spoke about the apex of the Kinahan leadership. And that's those at the top. That's Christy Kinahan and his two sons. People to them are expendable because without question, you, you now have you know uh, hundreds of people who have lost their lives over the years because of addictions to drugs. You have people that have been killed very violently. Uh, because they dare to take on the Kinnahan cartel. We see the devastation in the, the, the Kinnahan Hutch feud, 18 lives lost in that mm. uh, just recently. So it shows you that. But also, you have 79 individuals connected to that criminal organisation who are now in prison. So it's not Daniel Kinnahan who's in prison. It's his closest associates who are now behind bars. Is it a lavish lifestyle that they live, Stephen, or is it one uh, where there's plenty of money and they're looking over their shoulder all of the time? That's the problem. I think that people need to realise that. So if you are involved in organised crime, obviously there are, you know, huge trappings of wealth. You, know, you can go on the holidays. You can uh, go to the, the best restaurants. You can um, have the best clothes. But you can't go to the shop uh, for a pint of milk because you're worried about, you know, an assassin waiting for you in, in the shadows. And you're worried about the knock on the door from the guard from the emergency response unit knocking your door in at four or five in the morning and ultimately there's no longevity in it because, you know, at, at some stage you will either you know, go to prison or, or perhaps mm-hmm. may, uh, be met with a bullet from one of your enemies. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a pressurised life, I, I would say, and it's one that, um, you know, there's no longevity and, and, and a lot of young mm-hmm. men that we've seen over the years have lost their lives because their decision to get involved in organised crime. Yeah, it has to be full of anxiety and uh, paranoia and if uh, they were paranoid up uh, to now, uh, they're probably a whole lot more paranoid now uh, over the idea of somebody ratting them out. That That's it. $5 million is a huge amount of cash for someone. I'm sure there are people in their inner circle 
who know about their business interests, who know about their involvement in, in organised crime. So the paranoia will no doubt set in that, that if someone may come forward because of the huge cash offer that's in place because you know, like his inner circle will, will ha- already have seen how senior players like Freddie Thompson are now serving life uh, for murder. Thomas Kavanagh, who shared equal status with Daniel Kennan and the organised gang, is now serving 21 years. So there are people like that who won't owe that guy anything anymore because and they'll be concerned themselves because the spotlight is firmly now on the guy once again and you know they'll be looking at each other and, and, and wondering what the next move will be but there's no question that there will be paranoia and concern that um, someone may come forward to the authorities. Right, uh, they've broadened their horizons haven't they? Uh, they're not just in the drugs trade. Uh, uh, how involved in the drugs trade are they now uh, and what are their other interests? Well, they've always been involved in, in the drugs trade for 20 years. Uh, you know, they're the most dangerous criminal gang operating in Ireland. Obviously, there are other criminal gangs as well. They have connections to major European drug cartels and other drug cartels around the world. So, but with drugs and arms, but in, in recent years, we've seen Daniel Cameron himself, you know, uh, try to reinvent himself as a legitimate businessman, uh, a businessman who's at the, the top tier of, of boxing, who advises some of the, the world's best boxers. But I think that attempt by him is now firmly in trouble because of the developments that came out yesterday. I think people will be concerned to do any business with him because of the, the American interest in this case. But, and because he, his, brand is, his brand is now toxic mm. uh, because he's now, he now has a $5 million price on his head. But we've seen that they've tried to get involved in so many business interests over the years, property, investments. And um, even when we were doing the book about the, the, the chicken feed from, from China, I mean, that just shows you anything where they could launder cash and where, where they could make money, but also they've tried to interfere in horse racing as well. So mm. it's not just boxing, and, and yeah. they've tried to uh, have an influence in a wide range of sports. Yeah, uh, boxing more so, but a, a variety of sport, as you say. Anyway, uh, the Kinnahans are blacklisted now. It seems sport could be, or and boxing in particular, could be blacklisted as a, a result of this. I may not get the kind of uh, television sponsorship and so on uh, that keeps it going because of the Kinnahans' involvement. Uh, but what what does this mean for the Kinnahans? Is this going to smoke them out as such? Uh, you get the impression that they won't be able to go anywhere they can't use American banks or financial institutions and so on and that their movements are going to be curtailed somewhat. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a, it's a game changer. I, I genuinely think that because the Commissioner spoke yesterday about the first phase, I think the pressure could now move on to the authorities in the United Arab Emirates. It's, obviously we have had political uh, connections and political negotiations from our, the Irish government in relation to the authorities in Dubai but I think now with the Americans involved you know, with placing the Kinahan group on the, on the same level as the Yakuza group in Japan and the Kimura in, in Italy, you know, it's, mm. it's bad for Dubai's reputation and image. And, you know, I think, you know, we, we've already seen that the Dubai authorities can act, and even though there's no extradition treaty, they've already, you know, deported one of Daniel Kinahan's close lieutenants to Holland. So it shows you that, you know, I think with the pressure now, it's just constantly increasing, so it is, but it's about this is the first phase of the reward being issued for information. The next phase will be gathering evidence, and following that, it will be him appearing in court at some stage. Okay, it's uh, 
bizarre kind of uh, because it's so dramatic uh, to see uh, American uh, police officers, Treasury, Europol, uh, the British uh, police force uh, alongside Gardaí talking about one of uh, the biggest drug gangs in the world uh, from uh, the inner city of uh, Dublin uh, but uh, time running out for them and uh, they can run but can't hide according to the Commissioner uh, we leave there for the moment Stephen thank you indeed uh, for joining us on uh, the programme uh, boxing obviously has been tarnished by all of this as has all sport as we've been hearing and we'll hear uh, some of uh, the comments uh, about how the Kinahans have been impacting on boxing and sport in general now. Aside from uh, the organised crime group destroying communities by peddling drugs, uh, they are also uh, destroying, attempting to destroy a sport that is so important to inner city communities uh, and the manner in which they have uh, uh, interfered in the sporting world has really provided even more incentive if we didn't have enough to bring about the downfall of this particular organised crime group. And, and in respect then of, of individuals uh, and very prominent sporting individuals who, who um, are obviously in some way connected uh, uh, with, with this uh, group, and I, I would say you, you need to look to your sport, you need to look to your fans, and you need to think of your own reputation because this is very serious announcement made today after a huge amount of work uh, it will withstand scrutiny and what we're saying is based very solidly on the evidence and information that very many law enforcement agencies you saw represented here today uh, have gleaned and have provided in effect to an independent office for what is uh, a presidential direction. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to reiterate the, the points that have been made by, by the Commissioner that it is absolutely a matter for, for, for sport and the leaders of sport and the participants in that to take a look at who they're doing business with and, um, and, and whether they're comfortable with that and to take the right, the right steps. That's, that's an appropriate matter for, for the sporting community to address. Um, in terms of... That's uh, Matt Holm of uh, the NCA, uh, the UK's National Crime Agency. We also heard from the Garda Commissioner, Drew Harris, and uh, the Assistant Commissioner, John O'Driscoll. 086-1800-658 The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by Airgrid. Managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. LMFM's diary. If you have a community, social, or charity event, contact our classifieds department on 1850 715 958 or email info at lmfm.ie. In association with Smiths of Drogheda, your main Ford dealer and Ford Transit Centre. For the best deal on your new 221 car or van, you won't beat Smiths of Drogheda. For all inquiries, please call 041 983 1106 or email info at smithsofdrogheda.com. Tradition of putting you first. Mm, up to 40% off at Amazon. I could get that new waterproof watch. Swim where no swimmer has swam before. Learn to speak dolphin. <laughs> You're joking? <laughs> Dream big with up to 40% off in the Amazon Spring Sale. Ends 13th of April. It's dining sets. Sale time at Wogan Interiors for the month of April. Huge savings on stylish dining sets, dining tables and chairs. Call in to see our fantastic range at Wogan Interiors, Shop Street, Drada, Free parking on Dyer Street. 
The Michael English Celebration Tour comes to the TLT Drogheda on Sunday, May 8th. Come and join Michael and his super band for a spectacular musical extravaganza. A brand new tour is best yet. Celebrate once again with a night of non-stop sing-along favourites, covering all his hits and more. It's a show you simply won't want to miss. For more, see the TLT.ie or MichaelEnglish.ie. At Bank of Ireland, they're committed to your financial well-being. They want to help protect you from fraudsters stealing your account details and your money. Bank of Ireland will never send you a text or an email with a link asking for your full 365 PIN number or your one-time passcodes. So, if you get a message you're not sure about, do what Mammy does when she gets one from me. Ignore it. Search Bank of Ireland Security and together we won't let the fraudsters win. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Call Michael now. 0419832000. The Michael Reed Show. Brought to you by Airgrid. Managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Now, the elections uh, to the Northern Ireland Assembly take place on the 5th of next month and we'll speak to outgoing MLA for the DUP, Jim Wells. Very good morning to you, Jim Wells, and thanks uh, indeed uh, for joining us. Uh, We uh, know that you weren't nominated uh, to run this time by your party uh, after 46 years. Uh, You were very disappointed by that. I'm sure most people listening to us now know that you've resigned for the party and you're backing the TUV candidate. Tell us a little bit more about what's going on, if you would. Well, Mike, I thought the last interview I did with you, with you was going to be the, the final one, but I think to use a famous phrase, he hasn't gone away, you know. <laughs> um, w- what has happened is that the party um, deselected me, and then we thought that Edwin Putz, who was one of our top uh, ministers, would be running in my place. That didn't happen, and uh, another candidate has been picked who the local association simply can't support. And this lady has been uh, forced upon us, which we we, we do say in the matter. And on a point of principle, I just simply cannot support the lady. And therefore, in order to be free to campaign against her, I have resigned from the party and I'm backing uh, a very good TUV candidate, Hard McKee. Nice. It's not just that you can't support Diane Forsyth, uh, you want to campaign against her. What's the problem? What's so bad about her candidature? Well, first of all, she's absolutely no experience. Secondly, she was forced upon the association against their will. And thirdly, she wouldn't share the same views on social issues that I do. And therefore, I I couldn't, in all honesty, back her. And the only uh, way that I could be free to express myself was to resign from the party. I feel very, very strongly about this because, and so does the association, that we had absolutely no say in this decision. Um, This lady was parachuted in by the party leadership. And uh, we have simply said enough's enough. We want to campaign for a candidate we do have confidence in. Fortunately, the TUV gentleman is someone we all know extremely well and would share the views that we all hold. So therefore, we have no difficulty whatsoever in giving him our full support. So it's after 46 years I've gone. I'm not happy about this, but I simply cannot stand by and allow a, a candidate to run who I simply have no support for whatsoever. Right. Um, is Diane Forsyth's stand on social issues not in line with DUP policy? 
I don't believe that they are. Um, uh, but more importantly, they're not in line with mine and those of the membership of the DUP in South Down. And I think this is a very typical situation, Mike, of the traditionalists v. what you would term the progressives. Those who have um, long-term views which would be conservative and an attempt to make the party more radical and moderate in the public perception. And being both views are legitimate, of course, but it happens in South Down, the vast majority of the membership would be in the conservative wing of the party. And there's nothing wrong in that, in being conservative. Uh, and as many of our voters share those views. Okay, and when you talk about social issues, you're talking about abortion, same-sex marriage, that type of thing? And gender identification, issues like that. And, I mean, Mike, the one thing you have to say about me is that nobody's under any illusion as to where I stand in these issues. Hmm. I've been very, very vocal, not only on media in Northern Ireland, but you know, on your own programme. And therefore, I've stood under the, the, that flag, as it were, for the last uh, 27 years. Each year, I've got re-elected. Indeed, at the last election, I had the highest vote I'd ever recorded. So no one's under any illusion when they vote for me what they're voting for. And almost 8,000 people did. And I don't see it as an impediment uh, to being re-elected. And uh, th- therefore, I believe that's the core values of the electorate in South Down. Okay, but and I believe that they'll be disappointed if it's not someone of, of my view standing. Okay, but regardless of Diane Forsyth's personal views, would she not have to vote in line with DUP party policy? Yes, but unfortunately, there are more and more people coming in at a senior level to, to the party who don't share my views. So why should we facilitate that change? But I think it's to the detriment of the party and to the detriment of Northern Ireland as a whole. Uh, you know, we're, I'm not there to facilitate a, a liberalisation of the party's views on absolutely fundamental issues to me and many others. Okay. As a, a traditional unionist, um, are, are, are you... Uh, jumping ship or are you leaving a sinking ship behind you? <laughs> That's a very good illustration, Mike. I can see why you're one of the top head uh, <laughs> journalists in, in, in the Republic of Ireland. That's a very good point. Um, the DUP has its difficulties, but had they selected a candidate that I was um, comfortable with, I would have backed them. And Edwin Putz was the perfect person. Mm. Um, Edwin Putz and my views are absolutely identical. And uh, we were very happy when he was selected as uh, proposed as an alternative. But then we had a bit of a tragedy. Uh, one of our MLAs, Christopher Stoffert, passed away. And the family approached Edwin and asked him to stand in that seat. And he agreed to do so. And I can understand that. So that left us in a very difficult position because we had a candidate that not one person in the association could support. Mm. This is a story. They unanimously uh, nominated myself. My name was put forward. I was rejected. I accept that. And then a person who was imposed upon us, but not one of the members were prepared to, to vote for her. Uh, and and that, that's the, the difficulty we're in here. And I think on the basic principle of, of democracy, if the local association is expected to pay for the campaign, put up the posters, knock the doors, and take the abuse... Uh, that never happens in a campaign, the very least they should have is a say in who's uh, nominated. Now, I don't know what happens in the Republic of Ireland, but I'm certain if Fine Gael tried to impose somebody in Kerry, the locals would be up in arms about it. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that they haven't. Um, 
I see you uh, photographed with Harold McKee and so on, obviously promoting his campaign, uh, endorsing yeah. his campaign and so on. Uh, will you canvas for Harold McKee? Will you knock on doors? Yes. If I have to do so, I will. This has all happened very rapidly. But anything that Harold asked me to do, I'm more than happy. But I do realise I've come very late in the day, so I will do what I'm asked to do. I will certainly not impose myself. Uh, I'll be my usual shy, retiring self in the media uh, supporting him. And I will do, do my best, but I don't want to, to, to leave politics without having done my best to get someone into Stormont who can represent the views of the people of South Down. And I believe that's Harold. And the, the way the system works in Northern Ireland is that there will only probably only be one unionist return from South Down to the Assembly. So I think it's important someone it's someone who can represent all the divergent views of unionism in South Down and that is conservative, that's church going and that is traditional uh, social values. Harold fortunately uh, encapsulates all of that. The other candidates don't. Mm. What will you say to DUP voters if you meet them at the doorsteps uh, and ask them to give a uh, number one to the TUV? Uh, how, how will you explain that to them? Well, in the same way I've just explained it to yourself. Uh, they probably won't be as intense in their drilling, mm. uh, but they, they, they are explained. And actually, I've had a huge amount of feedback from constituents, and an awful lot of people that I support what I'm doing are understand. The only people who have been critical of me have been those in the uh, the adversary's camp. I mean, obviously, her family are not best pleased. But you know, the, the, the reality is, I think people do do understand where I'm coming from. And the one thing is that nobody in South Down is under any illusion as to where I stand on these issues. Mm. I'm extremely vocal, and I've paid the price, I suspect, for being so vocal. And that's one of the reasons why I was deselected. If you're successful, if you're um campaigning for Harold McKee for the TUV is successful and uh, you secure a TUV seat in South Down uh, that obviously impacts on the numbers overall and will result in one less DUP seat and could very well result in Sinn Féin being the biggest party after this election which would mean uh, you'd be part of what you would consider to be a problem for uh, members of the Assembly in deciding whether to vote for a Sinn Féin First Minister or not? I think, Mike, looking at the opinion polls, I believe that's going to happen regardless of who wins the seat in South Down. I think uh, it's quite clear that the Sinn Féin vote is holding. Uh, and whilst I don't think the DUP will do as badly as people predict, it's highly likely that even if they win South Down, they'll be behind Sinn Féin. There will only be a Sinn Féin First Minister, of course, if the DUP agreed to be the Deputy First Minister. Uh, so therefore we have it in our hands to, 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 to control that situation. And I personally would say, do not, we will not be going into government as Deputy First Minister with Sinn Féin. I don't believe we should do that. Okay. Uh, we should, we should take, take our option, uh, our democratic option. You, you'll forgive me for... Um wanting to clarify who you mean when you say we uh, I take it that's uh, the, the the unionist rank of politicians uh, but you don't believe that the DUP will vote uh, in favour of a Sinn Féin First Minister That is the big question um, there's still a bit of ambiguity about that 
I believe that the majority of the DUP membership would want us to take our democratic right and not accept that position. Do, do, that, that is a big, that's a big question, Mike, and there's a lot of debate about it. Do you believe that the DUP will take seats in the Assembly and the Executive if the Northern Ireland Protocol is in place? I believe we shouldn't. Do you believe that I the believe DUP will, though, if it remains in place? Again, there's ambiguity, and that's and part of the, my problem with the DUP at the, at the moment is we're not being clear with the electorate. We need to tell them very clearly, will we go back into an executive if the protocol is still in place? And will we take Deputy First Minister Sinn Féin emerges as the biggest party? Regardless of where you stand on those issues, it's vital that people voting on May the 5th know what the DUP are going to do on both. And you don't? I don't think we should uh, go back into executive protocol. No, but, but you don't know what the DUP will do. No, no, neither, neither do the DUP. It's still being discussed. Uh, well, what I'm saying is, when they make their mind up, and they need to do it very quickly, the electorate of Northern Ireland must know exactly what they're voting for. Okay. We leave it there for the moment. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk again very soon, Jim Wells. It looks like that way, Mike. You, you've obviously committed the troubles in the previous life to be stuck interviewing me for years and years and years. Uh, that's the, car- that's, that's the, the karma of, of it all, all right. You can't keep a, a good thing down. Jim Wells, thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us on the programme, as always. Jim Wells, outgoing MLA for the DUP in Southdown. Michael at lmfm.ie The Michael Reed Show with AirGrid, managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones. Whatever look you can dream up for your dream home, the spring sale at Easy Living Interiors is here to make it happen with hundreds of savings on ranges, styles and colours. From soft leather sofas to plush velvet armchairs, stylish dining sets to super luxury beds and mattresses. And for those finishing touches, we've big savings on accessories too. For fresh style and expert advice, check out the spring sale at Easy Living Interiors. Navin Retail Park and M1 Retail Park Drogheda. Sale now Ireland's best-selling car in 2022 is the Hyundai Tucson. And Ireland's best-selling electric car in 2022 is the Hyundai Ioniq 5. Ioniq 5 was named the Irish Times Car of the Year, German Car of the Year, and Auto Express Car of the Year. We have cars in stock, so visit us today. Call to Navin Hyundai and test drive the award-winning Tucson and Ionic 5. Stock available now. Call Navin Hyundai 046 90 70 675. Top Oil Bective Trim Road Navin. Your local daybreak store with bite, munch and go hot and cold deli, 9 grams coffee and lickety split ice cream. Our new pure car wash is now open 7 days per week, offering automatic and self-service to all car lovers. Pure Madness deals available all week. Call to store for details. Dairy farmers, getting ready for the breeding season is very important. One missed heat can cost €250 per cow. Gain Spring Breeder Nut will improve efficiency and performance. Gain Spring Breeder contains Novotan to help improve conception rate and Bioplex protected organic minerals from Alltech to boost heart health. For more information, contact your local Gain business manager, Glanbia branch or visit glanbiaconnect.com. 
the fences, the finishes, the electricity in the air. Join LMFM Live from Ferry House Races as they celebrate their 150th year running of the Boyle Sports Irish Grand National at the Ferry House Easter Festival Saturday, April 16th to Monday, April 18th. Join LMFM on April 16th for that unbeatable feeling of finding a winner. The Boyle Sports Irish Grand National is where legends are made and heroes are born. So come along and join LMFM and watch history being made before your very eyes at Fairy House 150th Easter Festival this weekend. See fairyhouse.ie for tickets and more information. Do you love country music? Join me, Darren Mahan, as I play nothing but just great country. Weekdays from 9am on LMFM Country. We've got the very best of country music all day long. And now you can catch up on the green scene exclusively every Monday and Wednesday from 7pm for two hours of all things Irish country, Cayley and ballads. So what are you waiting for? Join us now online and on your smart speaker. LMFM country, just great country. How's your mammy? 086-1800-658 The Michael Reed Show brought to you by AirGrid managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it Now, judicial uh, guidelines on personal injury claims which were introduced last April have resulted in a 42% drop in what is awarded to people making these claims on average. Uh, Insurance costs have not been dropping in line with that 42%. Instead, they've been dropping by about 8.6%. Peter Boland is uh, the Director of the Alliance for Insurance Reform and joins us now. And a very good morning to you, Peter, and thank you indeed for joining us on the programme this morning. Uh, There's a bit of a difference uh, between uh, the two reductions there, isn't there? There is, Michael, and that 42% reduction in damages was described as colossal yesterday by the Personal Injuries Assessment Board, and we would agree with that assessment. So, essentially, your listeners uh, who have motor insurance should be expecting colossal reductions in their premiums, and they're not getting them. It's around 9%, as you've already said. And what's even more worrying at this stage is that liability insurance, which is the insurance that community centres and sports organisations and small businesses pay, uh, it continues to increase. So the average increase since these new guidelines came into place is 16% on renewal. So we're, we're, we're seeing probably a two-speed market at this stage. And frankly, whilst motor isn't moving fast enough, at least it's going in the right direction. And the difference between it and liability is competition. Uh, there's plenty of competition out there uh, from motor insurers looking for your business right now. And the same would apply to home insurance. Uh, there's no such competition on the liability side. So while there's a lot of underwriters, uh, when it comes to it, community organisations, when they go looking for cover, often only have one underwriter prepared to cover them. And that, whether it's deliberate or not, is an effective monopoly and they can uh, charge what they like. And we're seeing uh, evidence of that day in, day out. We've identified 42 different sectors that either can't get cover at all uh, or are down to their last underwriter, which is a very vulnerable place to, to be. OK, but when we talk about uh, these uh, decreases in what's been awarded, are, are they awards or are they offers uh, and offers that are, are being rejected? 
Right, so you've asked a very good question there. There are the awards, uh, there are the settlements essentially that are being made, um, but the, the same reductions would apply to the assessments and there there are a couple of concerns about this. This is IAB's figures, the Personal Injury Assessment Board. Mm. They're the first step on the route to getting compensation. Uh, they're by far the quickest uh, and as data over the last two years has shown, uh, they're as effective as any other route. So, for example, if you reject a PIAB offer and you go to litigation, it takes you over two years to get a result out of litigation and you don't get any extra money. And in fact, on personal injury claims in the public liability sphere, you actually get substantially less money. So... Uh, it is only part of the the, uh, the overall picture. And what we're waiting to see now is the vast majority of claims uh, are, uh, if they're rejected at PIAB stage, go on to litigation. Uh, but before they get to court, they're settled privately between insurers and plaintiff solicitors. Now, there's no net gain. Uh, typically for the plaintiff in a situation like that, but then there's a massive increase in the legal fees associated uh, with that sort well, that's, of... That, that's uh, what you result. say, Peter, of course, but uh, obviously people don't believe that or they're taking their chances anyway because just 40% of the offers are being accepted, apparently. Yeah, yeah, and that's the habit of several decades at this stage, Michael. Mm. So we don't expect it to change overnight, uh, but the figures are the figures. Um, And uh, so I suppose what we need in the meantime is for insurers uh, to avoid undermining these new guidelines by offering a bit extra. We're getting some anecdotal information that what they might do is throw a few bob onto the offer, Mm. pay the the, uh, plaintiff solicitor, which is at the heart of this, uh, and then uh, get the the case off their desk before it gets to court. It would be Um, an easier argument to win if you had uh, the hard data, wouldn't it? If you were able to say, well, this is what happened through settlements or this is what happened uh, through uh, the awards in court, because 60% of people obviously don't believe you and they're taking their chances and going to court. Yeah, and the hard data is there, and it's it's been there for two, in fact, three years now uh, on motor. Um, but like I say, it takes a while for the impact of that data to to sink in, and particularly as you can imagine, when a plaintiff's only advice, often in a situation like this, is from their solicitor. The average legal fees in a PIAB settlement are around six hundred euro. Uh, the average fees, if it goes to litigation, uh, are around sixteen thousand euro. Uh, so you can imagine that a plaintiff solicitor has every interest in taking the case to litigation, uh, even though the amount uh, that the plaintiff will ultimately get mm. doesn't vary all that much. So it 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 will take some time uh, for the sense of that data to to work its way through. But in the meantime. Things are going in the right direction in terms of reform, but Mm. we're not seeing the reductions. Uh, And so competition is absolutely critical in this area. And the government have acknowledged this. They set up the Insurance Competition Office in 2020 uh, to bring additional competition into the market. Um, I would say that certainly three years ago, I wouldn't have envied their job because Ireland was a basket case when it came to insurers. Um, Things have improved. We're going in the right direction. What we're not seeing is the results of the work of that office yet. We're not seeing additional competition coming into the market. 
and that's what we need in order to make sure that premiums get down to the level uh, that they should be at. And the other critical item that we're still waiting for progress on, and this applies particularly to small businesses and voluntary organisations, is the whole issue of duty of care. We've been promised reform on this by government. Uh, we were expecting to see legislation last year, and we still haven't seen the draft legislation. But So essentially... What is happening is that if an organisation is operating and somebody gets hurt on their premises, uh, too often the courts will impose an absolute duty of care. So it doesn't matter what the circumstances of the injury are. Mm. Uh, the occupier of the premises will be uh, held to be absolutely liable. And that has to change. It's not fair. Mm. Uh, it's not just, and it's skewing our whole insurance market. So mm. we're waiting for draft legislation from the Minister for Justice. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. Like I say, it's it's been delayed for quite some time at this stage. Mm. Um, so we're urging Minister McEntee to, to put uh, serious pressure on to get this legislation published and commenced. Okay, just back up a, a bit though to the advice that people are, are getting from their lawyers and their solicitors. Uh, and forgive my innocence, if you will, please, Peter, because I kind of think it's shocking uh, to believe what you've said, that solicitors are giving misleading advice to clients in order to line their own pockets. Well, all you have to do is look at the figures, right? Uh, the, the figures only make sense. Uh, in terms of litigation, the figures only make sense from a solicitor's point of view. Uh, it does not make sense for a plaintiff in a minor injury case uh, to take that case beyond PIAB and into litigation. It is, simple, it is simple as that. You can draw your own inferences from that data because unfortunately the overwhelming number of figures of, of claims still go into litigation. Uh, and that makes absolutely no sense from the perspective of plaintiffs. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you indeed for joining us as always. Peter Boland, uh, the Director of uh, the Alliance for Insurance Reform. Call Michael now, 041-983-2000. The Michael Reed Show, brought to you by Airgrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. Eddie Caffrey here, reminding you to join me every Saturday morning for the best in Irish country, Cayley and Ballads on the green scene from 10am till 1pm. If you have a special request, email it to me now. ecaffrey at lmfm.ie You can send it in by post or to our Facebook page. In association with John Lynch Carpets and Floorings, Effective Square Kells and Monoboy Industrial Estate Navin for carpets, wooden floors, vinyl rugs and remnants. Expert fitting and complimentary measuring service. See johnlynchcarpets.ie or follow us on Facebook. The last few tickets remaining for the Nathan Carter Show in the Knightsbrook Hotel trim on Friday, April 16th. Nathan Carter, the Knightsbrook, Friday, April 16th. Tickets at hotel and ticketmaster.ie. Haggartstown Garden Centre, the Northeast number one garden centre, number one for plants, everything you need for your garden. See for yourself at Haggartstown Garden Centre, Dundalk, or find us at haggartstowngc.ie. Children's Health Ireland Urgent Care Centre at Connolly Hospital Blanchardstown is now open seven days a week. We treat children with minor injuries such as fractures, sprains, minor burns, small cuts. 
and illnesses such as vomiting, diarrhoea and mild asthma. Open 9 to 5 weekdays and 10 to 5 weekends and bank holidays. For more information, visit childrenshealthireland.ie forward slash Connolly. From Children's Health Ireland and the HSE. Whatever look you can dream up for your dream home, the spring sale at Easy Living Interiors is here to make it happen with hundreds of savings on ranges, styles and colours. From soft leather sofas to plush velvet armchairs, stylish dining sets to super luxury beds and mattresses. And for those finishing touches, we've big savings on accessories too. For fresh style and expert advice, check out the spring sale at Easy Living Interiors. Navin Retail Park and M1 Retail Park Drahada. Sale now on. Jack Doran Motors are delighted to announce the arrival of the all-new Kia Sportage. We currently have stock of petrol and diesel models for immediate delivery and as always covered by Kia's famous peace of mind seven-year warranty. That's the all-new Kia Sportage at Jack Doran Motors. For more details, call in or see jackdoranmotors.ie Michael at lmfm.ie the Michael Reed Show with AirGrid, managing and developing the national electricity grid so that it's fit for our current needs and ready for our future ones. Now, let's uh, talk uh, about uh, the ESRI's report on rent pressure zones, uh, which uh, reduce uh, the rent increases in certain areas. Uh, it was 4%, it's now 2%, uh, but they looked at, at uh, what happened in 2016 and say that since then it's limited to the scale of rental inflation indeed uh, without RPZs. Uh, rent would be 2% higher in a lot of places uh, and it could uh, inflate even further than that without these measures, uh, which they're saying are an important part of uh, the property market. Let's speak to Margaret McCormick, who's an information officer with the Irish Property Owners Association. A very good morning to you, Margaret, and thank you indeed for joining us on the programme as always. They're also saying that it's impacting on the supply, which I'm sure is part of the report uh, that you'd agree with. Oh, absolutely. Um, it is, it, it's fairly horrendous when you look at the amount of accommodation that's actually gone from the sector. So when I was looking at it there this morning, very, very briefly, we have 23,000 less private rental tenancies now than we had in 2016. Hmm. Now, that's a lot of properties gone out of the sector. And it, it's, it's much worse than that because we've, we had a lot of bills to rent that came on stream. So they're masking the absolute amount of people that are leaving and the amount of properties that are going out. So they've increased, obviously, because, I mean, they're new to the system, but it just shows how many we've lost out of the system. Yeah, and every year we need, we actually need more. So, so the, the, the biggest problem now is, is actually the supply and the supply is getting tighter and tighter and the rules and the regulations are increasing all the time and there's no... For it, 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 it's, mm. it's become unsustainable. So for if 50% of landlords, according to the CSO figures in, in the summer, last summer, 50% of landlords have an income of 10,000 or less. So you're looking at um, the fact that there is no database of actual rental costs out there. Mm. The RTB's one isn't, it, it doesn't cover the whole 
situation doesn't cover the whole country because it, it only does quarterly and that's any that have been rented in the last quarter. Okay. But it doesn't take the whole amount into place and I mean DAFT only deals with anything that's let at a given time. That's a lot so, of money though, is it not? 10,000? Well, it, if your rental income is 10,000, mm. there's costs associated with that. Mm. So you, you've, you've if, and it said rental income. So in that situation, that's it's it's much less. They said that fifty percent have less than mm. that. So you're going to take that down in grades as as to having the amount that they've got. But you've got to then uh, look at a property. You've got to or you you need to maintain a property. I mean, it's all of the rules they're bringing into Ireland um, and they're bringing to the to make it like the European model. Mm. Are they're taking? They've cherry picked all the good things without looking at the responsibilities. You know, within the European model, it, it, landlords are not responsible for the furnishings and fittings within the, in the property generally. Yeah. Tenants, when they move in, look after but you're that. Talking about Germany in. put in their own kitchen, things like that. Yeah. So, that, so, there's, mm. so they've limited it. Fair for enough. us now, they've, they've limited income. But you're talking about taking in 200 a, a week uh, and at the same time you have ownership of uh, the property. Uh, what about uh, the finding that 34% of landlords increased rent above uh, the 4% cap? You see, the, the issue around this is it was, it was 4% per annum. So if somebody hadn't increased their rent since uh, 2010, mm. they would be allowed to do it 4% per annum. And, and frequently landlords with, with tenants in situ didn't. And they're the, ten, they're the landlords now that are, are, are really, uh, really badly affected. And particularly at this stage where we have a 2% cap on mm. the harmonised indices of consumer prices, whichever is the lower. So we, we're not even allowed to, to deal with inflation. But the cost of maintaining a property and, and uh, plumbers and workmen, construction industry has yeah. gone up maybe 30%. It, so it, it, it has, it's got to be it's got to a stage where it's unsustainable but where do you, do you, they've, they're you, holding for one sector without holding for the other sector okay. and, and they've got it wrong the, the biggest problem is they've, they've got it massively wrong But do but you believe that be, landlords have been ignoring the cap? Uh, no I don't Right I don't uh, the, the Landlords are looking at, at the cap and they're looking at Now is, I, I, what I will tell you is trying to do I, I, I think it's it, it's a, a, a nine-pager or something to do a rent increase. It, it, it's, a, it's a bureaucratic it, nightmare. It, it, it's difficult it, as, as anything. And you have to find three comparable okay. properties but it, advertised it, in the previous four weeks, which it, is, is it policed? Is it policed? Uh, the SRI said there were data gaps in the figures from the RTB. Uh, if uh, you have a property registered with the RTB uh, and you increase the rent above the rent cap, does the RTB act in response? The OTB got investigation and sanction powers in 2019, and they have uh, dealt with a number of investigations. So they so they can police it and they can see it. Mm. But you're, the the other issue you've got to look at is, is that the previously registrations were done every four years. Um, the last lot there's been no registrations in the last no existing registrations in the last year because it, it moved to six years. So even when you're looking at the the rental based uh, rental index for the last quarter for the OTB, it, it won't actually include existing tenancies because the existing tenancies won't be uh, due for... Re- they, they've moved on to annual registration this month. 
but they haven't got the details before. So if they were looking at, at that a rental property, uh, they could have been it could have been rented four years ago. So there could have been a there could have been a rent increase the following year. There could have been um, there, there could have been different times and different things. So they can't see it is it's very difficult to work out. And I mean, at, at this stage, from from a landlord's perspective, I mean, it, it's worked very well for tenants. Uh, and and the problem is that landlords who had kept, held their rents low can't can't bring them up. Mm. They just can't. So that makes means that that, that they can't do uh, the upgrades that are needed. They've insufficient income for them to be able to to refurbish um, or even and they have to do and they, and they have to and do they those have upgrades. To, yes, they have yeah. to do mm. so. So yeah. that's that's a huge one that you're seeing them moving out. And if they can't uh, afford they, to do them, um, what's the option other than to sell up? Well, that's it. Yeah, that's the only option. Uh, out, out, get out of the market if you can't do it. And I mean, it's not looking any better. I mean, the amount of uh, the amount of legislation that's been thrown all the time and changing, it's difficult to get it right. It's almost impossible. I mean, I, I think even barristers would be find some of it tra- challenging mm. trying okay. to establish what's the right way or the wrong way. What what they really should be looking at is is doing a rent credit for tenants. Mm. It would be fairer. It, it targets. Uh, people that need it, depending on their income and their rental cost. Well, everybody because will agree we, that the cost yeah. of renting is very expensive. Margaret, I'm in, out of time. some so places. I, yeah, absolutely. I have to leave it there. But look, thank you indeed, as always, for joining us on the programme. Margaret McCormick is the Information Officer with the Irish Property Owners Association. That's our programme for today. God willing, we'll see you for our next programme tomorrow morning at 9am on LMFM. Good morning. Bye-bye. 086-1800-658 The Michael Reid Show, brought to you by Airgrid, managing and planning the national grid so that everyone has electricity when and where they need it. At Drogheda Car Sales, we're celebrating 10 years in business with a gift for you. Buy any used car between now and April 25th and choose between a year's free road tax or a €200 all-go voucher. For peace of mind, all our cars come fully serviced, validated and with a warranty. We have some unbeatable finance rates and accept all trade-ins and can now offer you more than ever for your current car. So don't miss out on our big 10-year birthday offer and drop into us today on the North Road, Drogheda or visit our website, drogadacarsales.ie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.